Hey everybody, Marcus Patty here with Emergent. Um, today is episode nine and I have my dear friend, Amy Weiss here. Um, I'm gonna do a five second intro and Amy, I'll let you uh, improve upon my intro. <laughs> uh, Amy's been, been selling for a while in the space and she has been doing a, a not only private label, but she has her own um, consulting service as well. And she's got her hands in a lot of different things. Uh, and Amy's currently in Houston, Texas. Um, and then Amy, I'll let you take it from there. So I'm close to Houston, but I'm in San okay. Antonio. <laughs> but I'll edit that out. That's, that's okay. That's good. Um, e either way, Texas is a big place. So, yeah. you know, uh, thank you so much, Barkus, for having me. It's, you know, been great being on this journey and, and having you as a friend throughout this journey. Uh, yeah, you know, I started selling on Amazon in 2007 as a hobby, along with eBay and other e-commerce websites at the time. I did it as a hobby when I was in college and when I was in the U.S. Air Force. And uh, it was a lot of fun, you know. And then, then later on, I decided that I needed to create a product from scratch. And I, I have an MBA and a couple of undergraduate business degrees. And I didn't really know how to do that. Like I, I can yeah. analyze Toyota's financials. Uh, I can, <laughs> you know, I can, I can do all that. Like that, my MBA helped me with that, but I had no idea how to take my rickety prototype that I built at Home Depot and, and find a manufacturer and go through this whole process. And so I just was kind of, um, I was in this situation where I felt like, I really, I needed to bring this product to the market because it was solving a problem for me. And I never wanted to go back to the old way of cleaning the litter box again. I just couldn't, I could not live with that. So that's what kept me going forward was like, I have to bring this to market. I don't, I need this to happen and I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to figure it out. So I just started sharing because, you know, as I'm figuring it out, I'm sharing along the way because I'm like somebody else, I think it's, it's my natural, um, I, I like to share, you know, I'm, yeah. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm, you know, I, I like to do life's journey with other people. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I just was sharing and, um, I developed a little bit of a following. I started copywriting and helping a lot of people with keywords and changing their, their saturated products, getting them sold with keywords. And, um, and, you know, I started consulting. I never expected to become a consultant. Um, the, the people that I started consulting with um, ended up having massive success. And before I knew it, <laughs> I had a private label, several private label brands in the market and a really growing consulting business. And then I started doing China trips and courses and everything else. And it's just been a wild ride. And uh, here we are. And uh, December of 2021, I quit my six-figure job in cybersecurity in October of 2018, and um, and now you know I'm I'm just seeing where this life takes me. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, uh, Amy's a bit lazy. She doesn't like to. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you definitely you've been around for a long time, uh, and I love that you talk about eBay because like I I back in like around that time, like 2004, 2005, I used to sell electronics, even if they were broken, I had, I had, I did it on accident. Like I happened to find like, um, somebody that would, where they were buying broken phones and stuff like that. So I started buying 
all types of electronics locally in garage sales and then putting them on eBay. Like it was a good side hustle. I'm yeah, sure it still you know, is then, but I have amazing. a crypto coach now that I hired and um and he actually, you know, before he got into crypto, I mean he still makes his money flipping phones. So yeah. oh, I, wow. I never thought about phone flipping, but um but yeah. yeah, it's apparently a pretty good, pretty good hustle. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize you could make that much money flipping phones these days. That's it's what's it's what's amazing about just e-commerce in general is like you have so many people doing so many little niche things yeah. and you having really success. Don't. You really don't have an excuse not to make money in e-commerce. You don't. Yeah. You really don't. Like I, you have an excuse to not understand your numbers sometimes. Like especially if you're selling on Amazon, it's hard because there's like advertising fees and then there's Amazon fees and sometimes your books can be confusing and like I'm going through the process of selling my brands right now and understanding those numbers are different than your business you're just normal yeah. like operations numbers and stuff like that so I definitely understand those struggles but just in general there's so much opportunity between services um serving the gig economy between um things that you can flip and sell without even needing to, you can source used things. Like you can source yeah. things you get for free and sell them. Like, you know, my, my girlfriend's son started a business um, flipping couches. So basically yep. he would go pick up free couches that people would list on Facebook marketplace. Um, or if they listed it at a low price, he would say, you know, I'll come pick it up, you know, and just get like a ridiculous thing. And yep, then 50 what bucks. Would, yeah. And then he would list it. Is once he had it secured, he would list it um, for a really good deal and offer delivery with it because he had a truck. Yeah. And then he was flipping couches, so he'd go pick up this couch and deliver it to whoever, and you know, make them money. It was just crazy. Yeah, it's. Um, I think that. I think that you're right. Like there's like, I think almost everybody has an opportunity to like at least have a side hustle right yeah. even if that's i'm echoing real bad do you hear that no okay i'm Great. gonna keep it to myself then uh <laughs> I, uh i think social media has has grown to this point now where like the the, the reach uh like if you're even if you're entertaining right uh like i i love watching TikTok, watching people's story like watching them transform but like also just how like certain trends and just the evolution of social media like i've watched i've followed accounts and watched people go from literally like nothing to music artists to have their own business to now they're on comedy tours so it's all different types of things i just find i find it all just amazing the different niches of how to make money these days yeah and i think it's it is all about just putting yourself out there and i think yep. that's something that people struggle with a lot like even you know private label I, I brand do. owners they struggle prime with example content they struggle with putting themselves out there but when you look at the people like when you think about um how i put myself out there sharing my journey you yeah. know and how fast that grew i mean it, it just blew my mind i was like uh, before i knew it i was being asked to speak in on stages all around the world and i was like yeah. i'm just like a normal like people will come up to me at events and be like oh my gosh can i take a picture with you and i'm like i sure i'm just a white girl from wisconsin like you know yeah. <laughs> i'm not really a celebrity or anything like that it, it's just 
you know, it's, it's just, but people admire that, that you're able yeah. to just be real and put yourself out there. And you wouldn't believe how much that sells products that sells, you know, and, and some people are so good at that, that they, you know, become kind of marketing geniuses and, but, but others, um, are some are scammers right but then others who are genuine you can see like you just talked about like the music people that um put themselves out there on TikTok, and before they know it they've got a world tour and it's yeah. just like you know just sharing your passion is uh, such a powerful thing and i think nowadays with the internet with e-commerce there's really nothing that we can we can't do right yeah no i mean i i i truly i truly believe that um and I think that the, I had this, I remember watching courses back, like I got started in the Amazon space in like 2015. And I remember watching courses, uh, free and paid content, and everybody was promoting the the lifestyle, like you can work from anywhere from a laptop, but you don't like, it, the whole thing was like, you don't have to show your face. And now it's, now it's morphed into like, if you don't create content for that brand, like you'll only live on, like you can be completely successful selling a, a brand of products on Amazon and, you know, kind of be the ghost in the machine, right? But if you ever want to have that brand have any legs off of Amazon in any type of capacity, like you have to create content for that, whether you're in it or not. And like, that's that. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are really, really great at analyzing PPC or analyzing a PNL, like very, very analytical. And I think that's where a lot of people are successful on Amazon. Like if you are, if, if that's just the way your brain works, like you get those numbers, you get a PNL, like it's like it's reading in the newspaper. And then I think there's a creative side that they're probably really great at maybe building a D to C brand, Shopify, creating content, all that, or just creating content alone. And then maybe they struggle with the analytical side of Amazon. So if you can do both, you're a superhero, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's, it's, you know, before we hit the recording button here, we were talking about, our, about growth as a business owner and, you know, how I am going through some growth moments, I guess I'll call them. Um, yeah. I don't want to say struggles because I'm, you know, I'm con constantly growing. And so it's, it's, uh, it's realizations, I guess you could say. And I was yeah. talking about how building my team um, is something that in the beginning you kind of feel like when you're when you're building your team you kind of feel like, okay, wait, I can't afford to build my team because if yeah. I pay someone else to do this, then I'm not going to have any money. But in some cases, that person that's their jam. That creating content is their jam. Doing your PPC is their jam. And when you put the right person into that, your growth happens so quickly yep. uh, that you you can't even keep up. And that's that's the thing is um, understanding those types of investments. Like I'm all about starting lean. I do yeah. that with a lot Me of my too. clients. Yeah, a lot of my clients are service-based businesses, stuff like that. Like one of my um, clients right now, she's actually getting into building out her own private label brand, but she currently runs a social media business. And so we started working together and I said, hey, you know, let's actually, because she was putting up barriers to her success in private label because she she was 
struggling with some things over here on this business. And she's like, okay, I need to get this done and then I'll work on this. And I was like, okay, well, let's really examine this. What's keeping you from stepping away from this? Because you shouldn't be, for, for this to be successful and for you to run Amazon at the same time, you can't, you can't do both. You can't yeah. be working in both. You have to be able to step out of one of your businesses so that you can work in the other one. Because I told her in the beginning, when you're first starting your private label brand, you're going to have to work in that sucker. Yeah. Like You're going to have to get your hands dirty, figure out these processes before you can grow that team. And if you're not already doing that over here in this business over here, there's no way you're going to be able to do both at once. So I told her, I was like, first, got to grow you over here and get this business up and running so that you aren't working in it anymore. So now, you know, our last call together, we were going over like how to hire your first people. Like, what does your onboarding look like? You know, how do you do all that? And, um, and we're getting her to the point where she can release some of her time over here, but still continue to grow while um, then being able to release, uh, do, do some things over here on the, on the private label side. But I told her, you know, put that on pause until you're, you're fixed this over here. And that applies to any area in our life, you know, but I think it's so, so important. Like Barkus, you were saying, you know, if you, if you can do both analytical and you can be creative and you can do content, yeah, you are going to be a super entrepreneur because you, you're, you're not, uh, you're unstoppable. You're not going to be afraid to start anything, yeah. but you might, Put up if you're good at all that, like me, I'm good at all of that. I'm good. I'm the jack of all trades and the master of them. Like, nice. you know that, Barkis, right? Yeah. Like, you can see all the different stages I've spoken on, all the different content that I've put out there, and it's all very in depth because I'm a total nerd and I will learn it and master it until I can teach it to you in a master class. Yeah. But that's dangerous because. It yeah. makes me want to do everything myself and then I don't grow and scale. And that's a hurdle I'm getting over right now. So yeah. you can hire it, right? Yeah. Well, no. And you, and you bring up some like great points because I think that a lot of us will build something to of any value. Maybe it's only five to 10 grand a month or whatever. And, and maybe that's the only thing that you, maybe that's all you can do on your own. Maybe whether that's $10,000 a month or a hundred thousand dollars a month or a million, you get to this point where you're like, this is as much as I can do. And it's a hard realization to, to, because now you realize you have to hire somebody. And what's scary is to hire somebody realizing that they might be better at that job than you are. Right? Like, because yeah. it's like, this is your baby. All right. Now I need you to help me manage my baby, but don't do it that way. No, you got to do it. And it's like, no, you got to let that, like, if you're going to hire that person to do content, let, if that's the right hire, let them do their thing, like guide them, obviously. Yeah. But Give them a like, vision, but then yeah, let them course. execute. Yeah. And like, and it's funny, like talking to people when they're like just curious or ready to sell their business. So many people are like, Hey, I've done this thing. I, I, I do $2 million a year profit and I, I'm pretty much on my own. Uh, I don't know how to build a team and I, I don't want to raise capital and I don't want to learn how to build a team. So then I just want out and then I'm just going to repeat because they know like they've plateaued, but in a good way, right? Have a yeah. profitable business. Um, that, that was, that's more, that's more interesting to me than a lot. You know, I thought a lot of people were just like, I'm just ready to cash in. Let's just try. Um, no, and, yeah. And, and that's the big thing. Cause if you wanted to build a team, then it makes more sense for you to acquire more brands or actually, um, build more brands uh, with your existing team. 
But if you don't want to build a team and you're just kind of by yourself and you built this business, you do, you're going to reach a plateau where either you grow or you die. And that's one of, I think, the key things in in e-commerce businesses that a lot of people don't realize is, I think a lot of people get into it going, oh, you know, I'm going to get this one product and and sometimes it works. Sometimes you can have one product and do amazing. But sure. the chances of that happening consistently it, are small, right? So you, you got to yeah. keep growing. You've got to keep, um, you know, expanding in variations, whatever you can do. But uh, but it's difficult. And um, for those people that that make it, I can definitely, um, I can understand. I, I'm right there. You know, I'm, I'm in this situation where I'm, that I don't, I only have so much time, you know, I would yeah. rather be a part of so many different brands and be able to, you know, do that creative process, help people put their plan together, <laughs> get them off and running, then, um, then spend that time and energy growing a team around my private label brand. So yeah. it's like, it was part of the journey, but I'm ready to, to let it go. So I, I 100% get it. And, you know, can we just talk, can we talk about that? Because I think, no, there's a lot of people that they they want to sell, right? Yeah. Um, they're they're just like what you and I just talked about. Like they're they kind of they're not going to grow it anymore. It's good. It's it's profitable, but I'm like ready to let it go, right? Yeah. But I think can we talk about like mistakes that people make? Um, Absolutely. For me, I started the first mistake that I made was not understanding my business valuation from an investor or buyer standpoint early on. Oh yeah. It's it. We look at businesses so differently than like the way that you look at your business is very personal, but the way I look at it is very analytical. Like what's the, what have you done in the past 12 months and what do I think your brand is going to do in the next 12 to 48 months? Yeah. You're not looking at how special my products are or, you know, how much people, well, you, you do look at that, but really it's a financial transaction. So when you're looking at the, when a buyer is looking at your business. So the, the first thing that every business owner should do in my opinion is understand. So when you start rolling a business that you want to sell, if you want to sell it at any point in time, it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're just getting started or whatever. When you get to a point where you're like ready to hire your accountant, ready to have your financials kind of off your plate full time. I know a lot of people in the beginning to just set up their business, all of that. Right. But when you get to the point where you're running your numbers every month, you're really getting it. Go- you should understand your numbers from the beginning. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. you should understand profit from the beginning. You yeah. know, you should run those numbers from the beginning. But when you're ready to start kind of scaling your bookkeeping is what I mean. When you have a couple of products and you're like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm outsourcing this now. I've got a full-time accountant, all of that. Alongside of that, you should also understand not how your accountant looks at your numbers, not how QuickBooks shows your P&L, but how is that business going to be evaluated by a buyer? You should learn yep. that language and be able to speak it. That's my one regret. I waited until I was like, yeah, I think I want to sell this year. And then I went to an expert to help me understand what my business was worth. And boy, was I surprised compared to the numbers that I was running because yeah. they're different. It's completely, yep. it's completely different. You have your PL, but over here, from a buyer perspective, you're just selling that asset and they want to see 
um, what your gross margin is, right? But then they want to see your month over month revenue, all of that. But you, what you see in your QuickBooks is not what they're looking at. And so if I had understood that from the beginning of setting up my business, from the beginning of working with my accountant, then I would have, I want to say I would have done things differently. I would have made yeah. decisions about what new products I was launching. I would have made this different decisions about um, overspending in some areas and underspending in others, depending, yeah. uh, but I didn't. And so here I am trying to sell, you know, with a, with like a year, it's like a half a year under my belt of understanding this valuation from a buyer's perspective. And I'm going, Oh wow. Like some of this stuff takes six months to a year minimum just to clean up and get to the point where you really want to be. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that is, if we could tell people anything, that would be my piece of advice. Absolutely. Like my last episode was really like, uh, for, for the podcast was about like, what, what are we, lo what are we looking for when we're looking to buy a business? Like, what are the things that we look at before we even do due diligence, which is, you know, really getting heavy into the books. But, um, I think that there's the financial side, like we, like, I think when, you know, aggregators came into space just a few years ago, it, it wasn't even a conversation, but now you have to like, think about this, like, well, if I want to sell this in five years, I need to start on all this now because it makes it all easy. Because yeah. what ag what aggregators really want at the end of the day is a turnkey business. They want to be able to acquire a business less than 30 days and then basically just, you know, turn the lights on on it. Like they don't they, yeah, don't, they wanna, don't want to be still talking to the owner, the original owner a year later going, uh, yeah, where's this? Uh, yeah. We can't have everything in here, yeah. right? Nope. <laughs> it doesn't work. We need to have everything organized and we need to understand what we're worth from the beginning. I would say the second thing, Farkas, that, um, that I, as I'm going through this process now, um, the second thing that I wish that I understood was all of the options, uh, understood earlier, was all the options available to me. Yeah. People have been, this, this aggregator thing might be new, but buying and selling businesses is not new. Nope. That is. It's been around forever. Been around forever. Exactly. So I wish that I would have understood more about all of the options, all the different ways that you could sell your business and to all the different people you could sell it to. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and now I'm starting to do that research because in the beginning, once you understand your evaluation, which you should do, you should not take an offer from an aggregator before you understand your own business's evaluation independently. Yep. Yep. And you can speak to those numbers. Like that's what we were just talking about in point number one. Right. Yep. But then point number two understand all the different offers that you could get. For example, you might have competitors who acquiring your brand would be a very strategic um, yes. acquisition for them. And they see more value in your brand than some broker or some aggregator who's just looking at it from like a financial, like you said, turn on the light, yeah. get it done, you know, 
that that's a whole different thing. So setting up your own meetings in the beginning, when you go to market, first understand your valuation, then set up your own meetings and, yeah. you know, really start looking at your competition and going, okay, who would this be a strategic acquisition for? And how could I extend them the courtesy of letting them know that I'm going onto the market? Right. And that is going to help you. Even if you do decide to open it up to some of the bigger buyers, which are like the aggregators and the bigger like website brokers and things like that. Um, that's only going to help you because that's going to help you understand, like, if you go to a, a private uh, brand owner that is one of your competitors and you understand your evaluation and you you get in a meeting with them and they offer you X, Y, or Z, you're going to be much better off. Um, or maybe they don't offer you X, Y, or Z. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. You haven't paid any fees. You haven't spent the time to list your 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 brand on a website for selling it. You haven't done any of that yet. You kind of put the feel. It's like testing a product before you go to market. Yeah. Right? You're seeing what the what you know people want out of it and what they think of it. So you could do the same when you're going to sell your business. You can go out there, put the feelers out there, and and get that feedback first, and go, okay, yeah, other people do really see a lot of value in this. Um, yeah, so that would be like my second piece of advice is understand all the different areas where you can sell your business to and cast a net after you understand yeah. your valuation. Well, there's also uh, different ways to be paid too, right? And I think that's it, it's important to at least understand what you could be offered. So like, for example, like you can just have a 100% straight up sale. Like if your business is worth if it's a four or five X valuation, let's say that number is $4 million, right? If you want that $4 million, you can get that $4 million. You can also do like a heavy earnout where you don't get, maybe you get 2 million, but then you're brought on as like a consultant for, I don't know, $250,000 a year, but there's also commissions and stuff like that. And those are appealing to different people, right? Uh, Cause it really depends. Like maybe somebody's like, I need that $4 million cause I'm ready to retire. Or, or maybe like, I'll take that, I'll take the other, I'll take the heavy earnout, and then I can kind of think, I can take a year and figure out what I want to do. Do I want to start another brand? Do I just want to live off of this? Blah, 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 blah. Um, so I, I think that there's understanding the different types of options, like, and there, you'll get tons of different offers from everywhere you go, right? If I, there might be a competitor that's like, hey, we want to bring you on as an employee, Maybe they really just need you for the first 90 days or, you know, maybe they want you for creative direction or whatever, uh, or maybe that competitor is like, we just want everything and we want, you know, sign an NDA and, and be gone. Right. Um, but I think like talking to a competitor is super valuable um, because you might find um, you might find, like you said, like they might offer you something more, but you will get some more insight. Like you might get a little bit more critical insight that you want. Uh, but I think that's valuable, right? Maybe that competitor is like, yeah, you do well, but the like you have 10 of these ASINs that are just crap, right? Mm -hmm. No broker or aggregator will say that to you. So sometimes you need that outside unbiased opinion yeah. on your brand. It's like, okay, wow. Okay, so, you know. Just, my direct competitor doesn't see value in these, you know. I, yeah. I've got some work to do, right? Yeah. Um, and you can and, decide if you want to do that work or you're yeah. willing to kind of, let it let a spade be a spade or you know um yeah. and i think there that was important what you said about the different ways you could be paid because you also have to realize that turnouts might not happen 
There's a lot yes. of people that have sold to, um, I'm, I'm going to say aggregators. Um, and the word on the street is they're not getting their earnouts. So they get this low cash offer and they're like, and this aggregator says, and I'm not saying that this is the aggregator that. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not I've saying, heard, we're just saying this, like, you know, you, story you, too, you yeah. should look and really vet your, your Absolutely. buyer. Right. So let's say you have this aggregator come to you and go, well, we are experts and we can grow brands and we have a humongous team. And so, you know, we see your valuation at, you know, 4 million right now, but so we'll give you this, this low, you know, we'll give you a million now and we'll, we'll actually grow your brand to a 10 million valuation over the next year or whatever. Right. And we're going to give you these earnouts as we grow it. And some people, some people, I'm not saying all, some people are seeing some good earnouts, but some yeah. people aren't. Their brands tank after that. Sure. And that aggregator actually doesn't know what they're doing. And their mm -hmm. brand manager that takes over that brand does a, a poor job. And there's extenuating circumstances where yep. you never know, like that maybe that brand wasn't as good as it looked on paper and you know that or the market changed or whatever so we can never just blame it on on the buyer right yeah but sometimes those earnouts don't happen so it's yes. important uh to understand what all of your options are like okay well i could do this and then i could take some time and figure out what i want to do next you know or i could try to go for a higher cash offer from the start lower yeah. earnouts over time or you know just a straight sale as you were saying i think just understanding what all of your options are and the risks that go along with those options as well yeah absolutely i think that um you know when i so i've heard i've heard those rumors too um and and again like there could be just a hundred different reasons why yeah. they're not getting the earnouts right so um and i think it you also need to understand going in not only what you your business is valued, but what they're offering. Like, what does that really mean? What is that contract? Like, if yeah. you know, you need to hire a lawyer, just like just to understand this. Like, don't don't do don't try to go sell your four million dollar business and try to like save money by not hiring an attorney, right? Yeah. Or 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 a company that that is not necessarily a broker. But like somebody, that, and I'm not saying anything negative about brokers, but like somebody, like your lawyer has like um, at least a, an interest in preserving your rights. And I'm not saying to go in there as the, the attorney doesn't need to come in there as a defense mechanism, but like you need to be protected, right? This is a big financial decision. Would you sell your house by yourself if you knew nothing about selling houses? Like, would you sign all these contracts if you knew nothing about this? Like, I know mm -hmm. I wouldn't, right? Like, you don't want to pay that $6, 6% commission fee to your real estate agent, but that's the, like, that's what they're doing. They're preparing everything. They're protecting the buyer and the seller. Yeah. Um, and so like that, that's, there's those things like you can have guarantees. Like you can have, like, I get a minimum earn out of whatever if they hit this and this and this and like, so, and honestly too, like it's a, it's a seller's market right now that mm -hmm. like the, the multiples have doubled since they were, uh, well, in certain categories. Right. Um, and yeah. it, since just it's last like, year, it's like, you know, knowing your rights, if you get pulled over by the police, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. your, your outcome could be completely different if you understand your rights and what you could be, um, 
what what you're owed or not owed, right? Um, so I think that's just smart anywhere in business. You know, yeah. what I work with clients on a lot is supplier contracts. Uh, a lot of people do not, and that's something I have a proprietary supply chain and um, and contracts with all my suppliers and um, and my consultant um, that I'm working with right now on um, on my business valuation and getting all of these things ready. Um, you know, that was one of the things that we added as something special about my business. And, and I was like, yeah, but the, everyone should have those contracts. And she says, they don't, they, don't. they yeah. don't have those contracts. Like it adds value to your business. If you actually, your supply chain is protected. And, um, and so I think, you know, we should also know alongside of that, what kinds of things maybe we didn't think added value um, to our business, but, and then also the founder, you know, I mean, looking at that founder's experience developing products or growing businesses or whatever, you know, you could offer the founder in some kind of consultant role, something like that, right? There's a lot of different things that we don't necessarily think about when we go to yeah. sell our business, which can be valuable to a buyer. Also intellectual property, right? I have, yes. I have utility patents and design patents and, um, and that is valuable. Um, and it's, it's more than just those numbers that are on the page when we say, Oh, this is my EBITDA, right? Um, yes. If you're talking to a buyer of a financial transaction, yes, they're just go going to initially want to know, okay, what, what is your profit at the end of the day? That's what we want to know. Yeah. What's your revenue? What's your profit? Um, but at the same time, knowing your value and knowing what goes into that value besides just the numbers are so, so important. So I would say like the third thing that we could add on to this is, you know, I hired a consultant to actually help me do all these things, understand how to pitch my business, how to make it yeah. um, look like the business that it actually is instead of just the numbers on the page, right? Because yeah. your business is more than just the numbers on the page and there is value behind different things that you're doing, whether it's your supply chain management, whether it is your um, proprietary, um, your contracts, whether it is your... Um, intellectual property, whether it's your your founder experience, whatever it is, um, there might be other things that you should know that add value. And so I would say, you know, hire a consultant like I have to help you through this process. And as Barkas mentioned, hire a lawyer to actually go through, you know, I hire a lawyer for all of my um, contracts with my suppliers. I hire a lawyer in, in China and this lawyer's not cheap. But you know what? I just had a shipment delivered to me that's completely crap. It's it's unsellable. Oh, it's, it's, so now it's that lawyer fee is pennies compared to what you would pay if you didn't. Because now didn't. all I had to do was send my contract with a screenshot of this is what you agreed to. Otherwise, you have to pay this penalty. And that lawyer is not only drawing up contracts, but he's also making sure that that supplier is capable of being financially responsible for that contract. So another reason to hire a lawyer is your buyer, that lawyer can check that buyer out and yep. make sure that, you know, 
your offer is going to be legit with them. Maybe they aren't the best buyer for you and a lawyer is going to be able to help you with that. So, you know, think about it. It's kind of like hiring people. Like we were talking about how hiring is an investment, yeah. hiring a lawyer and or, cons and or consultant. If that consultant can help you understand how your business is a million dollars more valuable than what you see on that piece of paper. Yeah. That's that consultant fees, nothing, you know? And, and and I think talking to different, um, if you want to, like, I think finding the best fit, right? Whether that's a competitor or a broker or an aggregator, like, yeah. uh, I think that talking to to multiple, getting multiple offers, and here's yes. why, because because let's take for example, like, I love social media, just the whole concept, and and now it is more. But let's say your business. Let's say there's two businesses, apples to apples, right? They're both in, I don't know, the kitchen space and they both profitable about $2 million a year. But this one brand is has got all these different types of lists of engaged subscribers. Mm. They've got social media, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, like people that are just interested in watching videos or content that you've created about kitchen. And maybe it's not, hey, buy this product at 50% off. Maybe it's like, you know, how to, how do you use this product or how to cook or whatever? There are a lot of aggregators, in my opinion, that should be looking at the social media more because that proves that the brand has legs. Mm -hmm. Like that proves that it has legs off of Amazon and it's going to be an easier transition to scale that D to C or, you know. And that's the other, that's, that's such a good point, Marcus. And, and that's the other thing is not every aggregator is interested in scaling off of Amazon. Yeah. And if your brand is valuable and retail ready, um, yeah. you, you, that particular aggregator might not be the best buyer for you. And at the yeah. same time, you know, I feel like we also have to stand up for the aggregators here because your brand yeah. might not be a good fit for them, but it doesn't mean <coughs> that your, it doesn't mean that your brand doesn't have value to someone yeah. else. It just means, you know, that's not what their, that particular buyer is looking for. So yeah. just because, you go to, you get a potential offer from one aggregator or they, you get interest from one yeah. aggregator and then, you know, it fizzles out and you're just like, and you're feeling horrible because you're like, oh man, you know, someone yeah. else may see com a completely different value in your business than yeah. that one buyer did, right? No, absolutely. And, and that's another good point. Like if you don't get an, if, if you go to a aggregator and they're like, yeah, we're not interested. Don't take it personally because they might, I think that what we'll see over a lot in the next couple of years is you're going to see aggregators get really specific about the kinds of brands that they want to build. Like maybe yeah. it's apparel, maybe it's garden, home and garden, you know, maybe it's supplements or anything like that. Um, you know, because it, I, at the end of the day, that might look better to their investors. Like, Hey, look, build yeah. this portfolio of 500 SKUs or more. And here's a great example. When I first started this summer, I looked at a brand and it, it was a great brand to buy in the automotive space. They've been doing it for years. They got, they got, they, and they do amazing well, but they had 10,000 SKUs and everything needed to be optimized because it was an old school Amazon brand. So nothing was optimized. All the, not that the images were ter terrible or anything, but everything was not up to par what we consider an optimized listing. We didn't have the manpower to to go through 10,000. I mean, they had 900, well, 9,000, almost 10,000 students, right? Still, that's a lot of labor, right? Even outsourcing it, right? So 
we passed because we just we couldn't we couldn't handle it at that time. I still yeah. love that brand. I, I hope the guy got a good deal, but he had been doing it forever. He's just looking to retire. I mean, and for I think, like an, maybe somebody for a buyer that maybe already has a brick and mortar, mm -hmm. that might be an incredible acquisition for them, right? Because yeah. it's easy entry. You're already approved in automotive. They could maybe take that brand on as a you know consultant in that area. But you know, so is what what you said, you know, about, I, I can't even imagine, I can't imagine taking on 10,000 SKUs and trying, and I have an agency yeah. that does yeah. optimization of listing. I know, right? That, that so. sounds insane. So yeah, I, I don't blame you, but it doesn't mean that they're not valuable. No, absolutely. And, and then also not just, I think that aggregators will not only start to niche down into specific categories selling on Amazon, but it'll be like, we're looking for brands that are also have Walmart or Shopify yeah. or maybe, or like you said, maybe retail too. Like if you got your brand, like maybe they're looking to build that out. Right. So mm -hmm. again, talking to multiple aggregators just to, just to learn that that's it. You don't want to waste their time. Like you don't want to go in there just to get in, you know, like, and like nobody's time wants to be wasted. But my point is, is like go in there to learn and learning yeah. more about that makes you understand what would, you know, what bits and pieces of the business are really important to, to different types of buyers. Um, I think that's huge, honestly, uh, because I think, I think this space continues to get more competitive and everybody's going to have to be, you, uh, eventually you can't differentiate off of like, well, we can offer X as far as a, a dollar amount because then everybody's just going to be up. Well, they, they're going to give me seven X. Well, then they're going to give me eight X. And, you know, like it, at, at that point, there's something becomes uh, not sustainable. Right. Um, but as far as that whole industry goes, but just understanding what your business is really worth before you even approach anybody is super valuable. Yeah. I think that's the biggest mistake. Most people, I had a guy that um, last, well, I think over the summer, was wanting just to get rid of his business uh, and just kind of cash out. It was like, I'm not, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he was wanting to sell for how much money he had in inventory. I was like, bro, no, don't do that. Like, no, here's a couple things you need to work on. But like, you don't want to sell for this because you have this much money in just inventory, like here on the way and in his 3PL. And and and, uh, and he's like, are you sure? I was like, yes, dude. I was like, just work on these things for like six months and then and just let's let's have another chat. So like, because yeah. I was like, dude, it's, it's, it's worth more than you think. You have a couple of things to, to improve upon. But I was like, yeah, dude, don't just because you just never know until you start talking to people, right? Yeah, you just got to get out there and don't be afraid. And I think I think a lot of people are like me where they don't really know who to go to, right? Yeah. Um, you, you think you, you want to sell or you want to understand, like we were talking about at the beginning, you want to understand what your valuation is even before you've begun to grow that valuation just so you can keep track of it. Um, and so, you know, I think there are definitely consultants that can help you with that, that can help you get straightened out, uh, that can help you understand your numbers. This is one of the biggest reasons it's so exciting to me to be going through this process is because then I can help my clients with that. Um, I hired Kellyanne Fedio and she's amazing. I love with that. She's already done this herself. Yeah. Um, so she's a great resource. So, I mean, I think, and I think for aggregators, you know, that are looking for brands to buy, if you want to put your brand out there, 
what better way to do it than not have to go into it blind? You can go, if, if you then can understand your evaluation and grow it over time, right? And keep track of those numbers the way that uh, a buyer is going to want to see them. Not only are you going to be ahead of the game, but when it, when you finally do, like a lot of us go, oh, I think I want to sell. Well, that can take like six months. So, yeah. and if you find out that you've got serious mistakes that need to be corrected, that can yeah. take you a year or longer to correct those. And so it's like, why not start there? Why not yeah. start once you're at the point where you're really, you're growing now, you're tracking your numbers, you're, re you're really starting to get into your accounting and, and um, understand past that first product, you know, um, how your business is doing. Hire a consultant that understands the exit process then because yeah. then you can track those numbers from that day forward and be focused on the right metrics. And when it's time to sell, you literally can just pull the trigger. You've already got everything together. Yep. You're good to go. It's like you're ready for your Shark Tank pitch every day in your yes. business. Yes, that's a great way to put it. I think too, and I said this before we started recording, that even if you don't, like, even if you never want to sell, even if you're like, I've got this brand, it's my baby, I'm going to leave it to my kids. All this stuff is important, like understanding your business valuation and like doing the boring things, like having a proper PL. Like if you ever need a loan for your business, then, then you're ready. You're like, hey, here's my numbers. Here's my PL. Here's my bank account. And then you're there. Or if you want to bring on an investor, they're going to want to do the same type of due diligence. And if you got all these mistakes and things that you need to, to work on that might take six months to a year, then you're not that the same investor is probably not going to be around or that loan is not going to be, it might not be at that interest rate. Right. So yeah. all this stuff is like, it, again, like it might be super boring. It, it probably is. Right. Um, but it's, it's super important no matter what, right. Um, just understanding, I guess, more the financial side of how business structure is um, every, like hiring people. Like if you don't, if you don't even know how to hire somebody, obviously they're, they're going to quit or you're going to fire them because you're disappointed. Right. So like things like writing out real SOPs on what you need that 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 job description, like more than a job description, right? If you want to hire somebody for copywriting, you need to think about everything and write down to this, again, a boring SOP. But when you go to sell your business, like that's great. Oh, I've had the same copywriter for I've had the same copywriter for five years. We have SOPs. Like I literally have to tell them nothing. I can give them this and boom. So that that's a value, right? So all these little things that you do, you start doing over time. You start looking at things from a more of a, 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 a an acquisition side. Like, what if I want to sell? Like, you might not ever want to sell one day. Maybe you want to sell in ten years. I mean, you might change your mind in ten years. Your life changes in ten years. So, um, but yeah. So I think at the end of the day, start thinking about all these things. Start understanding the lingo, like you said, um, and just start talking to people. I think it wouldn't be a bad idea especially the more profitable, like the, once you get into like seven and eight figures, I think it's not a bad idea at all to maybe hire somebody to do maybe a financial audit every year, not the IRS, right? Like that's a, I know audit might be a trigger word for some people, but hiring an external company, to just look at your financials. Like, does this look good? Do I need to work on anything? Because that, what, how much ever money that is like, the, again, that's just setting you up for success for whenever. So yeah. Um, oh, we talked a lot, a lot, but I really appreciate, um, you jumping on and, and talking about, uh, about all these things. And I really love talking about what you're going through right now, because this is in real time. These are the things you're experiencing. And 
you've been doing, you've been selling online for, I mean, so long now. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way, but you no, know what I'm yeah. saying? But like compared to like the average person, like, you know, there's people that I talk to all the time and they're like, I just heard about this Amazon thing and it's 2021. And I'm like, <laughs> what? like what? I don't and know I, if you really want to get into it yeah. now. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I feel old in this space and I've only been here 2015 and I'm, and I'm still learning every day. Right. So yeah, me um, too. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it just, all of us, I remind people this all the time when I'm working with clients. Um, I remind them that none of us are, have this all figured out. None of us. Yeah. I, I don't care how successful we are. None of us have it all figured out. The clients that I have made the same mistakes that I made when I first was getting into private label. Like I was losing money when I first started. I was doing like yeah. wholesale and stuff like that. I didn't know what I was doing with my advertising. I was losing money with every sale. When I finally yeah. learned how to run my numbers, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's a problem. Like, no, yeah. I got to fix this. Right. But it was fixable. And that's the thing is like understanding that it's okay to make mistakes, but understanding what you need to do, what metrics need to be measured and how you improve upon those and what matters and that everybody goes through this. Like it doesn't just yeah. come naturally. We're not just all born superstars, right? Like, well, yeah. well I am, but no, just kidding. <laughs> We're not. We've all made mistakes. I have made plenty of mistakes. So I just sure. try to remind people of that, of, you know, it's nothing wrong with seeking help. In fact, it actually makes you a better business owner. Um, yeah. And it, it helps you really understand how to grow. And that little investment you make now could in in learning what's important and not making as many of those mistakes you're still going to make mistakes but not making yeah. as many of those mistakes will pay dividends um in the future and that could be a difference between you know a one million dollar valuation and a 20 million or a higher valuation of your business absolutely i think a great example of like just learning from your mistakes it, it's such a high level is like somebody like Elon Musk, like back in 2018, he all, he was trying to sell Tesla because they were almost, the, they were on the verge of bankruptcy and still they start until they started delivering the model threes, right? Now mm -hmm. Tesla's worth a trillion, now it's worth a trillion dollars right now. And now wow. that's what's happening with SpaceX. If you like, I love watching SpaceX because ha you don't know if that rocket's going to blow up or if it's going <laughs> to land autonomously. So now there's rumors they're on the verge of bankruptcy, but what if they come out of that, right? So and that's just at such a high level. But can you imagine blowing up a rocket like the amount of money? Right. So <clears throat> and, and I'm speaking to myself here when I say like making mistakes is OK. It's how you learn. Like nobody nobody's born into like just greatness. Like just yeah. you know what I'm saying? It, everything's going to take some time. If you're trying to build something that has any legs to it, it's just going to take time. And you make mistakes. And, you know, most of them are not life ending or life-changing, right? They're not. And you figure out what you love along the way. You know, that's, yeah. I certainly did not set out, when I set out to invent this product and start my own brands, I did not set out to start a consulting firm or even be a consultant. I literally started copywriting to pay off my injection molds because they were so expensive. Yeah. But I ended up really excelling at it and really loving it. And, you know, 
it's, it's okay. There's so many different businesses that you can build in this world. And, and there's so many different things that you can do. We get this one life, like figure out, don't be afraid to try new things and figure out what you're really good at and where you shine, because that is where you'll build those amazing businesses that are just unstoppable. Uh, But you have to go on the journey to figure that out. You know, anytime you're just trying to follow someone else's formula and and try to find your joy, you're going to lose the game. You know, it's like, what do I love? Let me go and just give this a shot and see if I can figure it out. Hire people to help me along the way. And um, and who knows where you could end up? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, again, thank you so much for, for coming on. I always love listening to you. Um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you about working with their brand, how should they contact you? Yeah. So, um, well, we have a website. It's amazingathome.com. That's probably the best way. Um, one free offer that I always give, it's one of my favorite things to do, Barkus, is uh, a free listing review. So, you know, we are copywriters. We love helping brands um, just get better, right? We're consultants as well. But Uh, But you can go to amazingathome.com and underneath the services menu, you'll see an option for a free listing review. And if you submit that, it's a little form you fill out. You submit that. It goes to my email. I have two of them in my email today. I can't wait. Um, But I will go through your listing. There's a little spot in the form and you can tell me like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with or my PVC is not working or I'm just not getting as many sales conversions or this is selling great. I just want to know what I can do better. You know, I will... I personally will send you a Loom video of me going through your listing, looking at all your photos, looking at your bullet points, paying extra attention to whatever you want me to pay extra attention to. Um, And I will tell you exactly what's going on. I will even use one of the many tools that I have access to because I am such a nerd. I will use some of those tools and find out, okay, well, why isn't it selling? Everything looks good on your listing. All right, where's your placement? How's that going, right? I'll give you a little 10 to 15 minute review of your listing and uh, let you know what's going on and what I recommend. And I just love to do it. It's a lot of fun and and it helps a lot of people. So yeah. And that's a great way to contact me. Otherwise you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. We have a a Facebook group. We don't let VAs in our Facebook group. So there's really good, uh, really good content and chat that goes on in there. uh, And it's just called amazing at home. You can find us um, on Facebook there as well. That's awesome. Uh, Thank you again for coming on. Uh, for anybody listening, if uh, so please take advantage of, of Amy's offer. I think that's an incredible offer to take 30 minutes of her time and give some real feedback about your listing. Um, if anybody is interested in just starting a conversation about selling a business, if you have just questions about what should I do, like, is this ready or anything like that? I kind of do the same thing that for a business. Like, if, So you can contact me at Barkis at Emergent.com. Um, and you can just email me, set up a time and for about 30 minutes, we'll just kind of go through, you know, the front end of it. Like, what do your products look like? Reviews. And we can talk about some other metrics and this, it's just a no pitch call. It's just like, Hey, this is what you should focus on or no, you're ready. Um, and then a couple of things to maybe just kind of to get the ball rolling of like, I don't even know if I should sell or not. Maybe I don't. Um, maybe I just want to hear Barkus's voice for 30 minutes. So anyway, I mean, it is a, it's like butter. It's <laughs> not right now. It's super, I'm getting over 
That's an incredible offer, Barkas, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And um, I will remember that for my clients as well. Appreciate that. Have a great day. Thank you so much for spending time with me. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for having me. (laughs) 